So uh, again, I invite you to keep your Bibles uh, open in Acts chapter 8, and that second portion of Scripture that we read together earlier. So we'll begin our our sermon tonight with with a quote. Now that might uh, seem a tad pretentious, but uh, it's a good quote, so uh, let's just go with it. It's this. Any fire that does not spread will eventually go out. A church without evangelism is a contradiction in terms, just as a fire that does not burn is a contradiction. A church without evangelism is a contradiction in terms. So, what we're going to do with um, with the time that we have together this evening is to look at God's word as we have it here before us in this account of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. And we're going to spend a short considering our own personal evangelism. That's the, the real theme of tonight's service, our own personal evangelism. And as we um, look in more detail at Philip's dealings with this Ethiopian eunuch, we will hopefully see that our attitude to witnessing for Christ, it has to be entirely, and has to be completely changed. In light of what we learn in these verses, we must alter how we view evangelism. And the hope is that tonight, that we will have our, our lives changed, that we will go from being Christians who, who yes, agree with the with a theory behind speaking to people about Jesus, but who don't do it, to being Christians who see that evangelism is something that we must be involved in, that it's something that we can thrive on, and it is something that is not beyond us. Not if we rely wholeheartedly upon God. So the focus this evening is evangelism, personal evangelism. But tonight we're not dealing with with the concept of congregational evangelism. This is not about the church here running Christianity explored courses or or knocking on doors in the community. These things, of course, they are... They are great and they are an essential aspect of church life. But that's not what uh, the focus is tonight. You see, Philip, he had been to Samaria, as we read earlier on. And he had proclaimed the good news to, to the masses, to the crowds there. But these verses that we're examining, this second portion of scripture, verses 26 to 40, they deal with what is a much more, it's, a, it's an intimate setting. It's a, a more a one-on-one type situation. So this passage, this is about personal evangelism, personal witness. This is about our witness, yours and mine, our witness at home, our witness at work, our witness with our friends. And the people that we mix with. This is about you and me and our own personal evangelism. 
And so as we think about our witness tonight, as we examine this text that we have in front of us here, we're going to ask and seek to answer, I hope, three simple questions. Okay, three questions about personal evangelism. And the first of these questions, question one, is this. What characteristics should mark our evangelism? What characteristics should mark our evangelism? Okay, firstly, in evangelism, we must be prayerful. Must be prayerful. Now, the first words of this section are really important. Verse 26 says, Now, an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road. On top of that, we also read in verse 29, The Spirit told Philip, Go to that chariot and stay near it. So we see, don't we, that, that, that Philip's being instructed by God, isn't he? An angel tells Philip to go to the desert. Um, the Spirit of God tells Philip to go to the chariot. So we see straight away that evangelism involves divine guidance. In order to be effective in our witness, we must be alive to to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. And this comes most clearly with prayer. So, are are you willing to become more active in witnessing about Christ? But, But are somehow apprehensive or unsure where to start, where to begin. Start on your knees. Every day in your prayer time, in your devotional time, consider who you'll be meeting that day or in the following days. Are you meeting with, I don't know, a a friend for coffee? Will you perhaps be chatting with a work colleague? Pray. Pray for prompting from God. Pray for an opportunity to speak about Christ. To tell that person the good news of Jesus. Evangelism, it must go hand in hand with prayer. We've got to be prayerful about this. A second thing about about what characteristics should mark our evangelism is that we must be obedient. We must be obedient. You see, Philip is told here, he's told to go south to the desert road. So what happens? Philip, he goes. Philip is told also to go to the chariot. So what happens? Philip goes. There's there's not even a, a breath, there's not even a hint of hesitation here. Philip simply obeys God. He is willing to go anywhere that he is called to go. He is willing and he is ready to go anywhere with the gospel. When we're prayerfully considering our evangelism, we may be prompted to go places that we simply wouldn't 
normally go. We may be prompted to contact friends that that we haven't seen in a while or to contact people that we've lost touch with recently. We, We will be prompted to do these things. And we must obey. We must be obedient. I think we should consider whether there are people in our lives about whom God is saying to us, go to that chariot and stay near it. So we should be prayerful, okay? We should be obedient. But what else should mark our evangelism? Well, we must also be willing to instigate conversations about faith. This is where it gets difficult, doesn't it? It's not an easy topic. But verse 30 tells us that Philip asked the man, do you understand what you are reading? So it was Philip who instigated this this conversation. And, And verse 35 is very important to all of this too. Now, I'm no expert, but the NIV doesn't really capture this, I don't think. It says, the NIV, what we have in front of us says, Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. Okay, but the ESV, and, and as well as most of the other versions, it goes for something which is... A, is, is nearer a more literal rendering, a more literal translation. It has the verses this. Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning with scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. Then Philip opened his mouth. Now that, that gets to the heart of it. We have to be willing to open our mouths. We have to be willing to open up and to talk about Jesus. We have to be willing to instigate conversations about Christ. A brief encounter with the gospel can be enough to change a person's heart. We can say a few words about Jesus Christ. We can even follow Philip's example here and we can ask a question. If we do that, if we open our mouths, what we say can be blessed by God and it can lead on to wonderful, amazing opportunities to talk about the gospel. But first, first we have to be willing to instigate conversations about faith. Okay, the last of these uh, kind of bullet points to know about what characteristics should mark our evangelism is that we should be willing to leave our comfort zones. Now that sounds a bit airy-fairy, but uh, please stick with me. We must be willing to leave our comfort zones. Now just look at the situation that we have in these verses here. You've got Philip... He's witnessing to an Ethiopian on a, a hot, dusty desert 
road. It's not exactly the, the ideal place to have a, a, a heartfelt, uh, deep conversation, is it? Not only that, but Philip is approaching a dignitary from another country. Something that just simply wasn't done. He didn't just uh, cruise up to a high-ranking official and start chatting to But Philip knew the importance of obeying God and of speaking about Jesus Christ. So he was willing to leave his comfort zone and to proclaim the gospel. But we, we are so different. We, on the other hand, we narrow our evangelism. We demand that that certain things are in place before we obey God and before we, we speak about Jesus. For example, we very often want privacy, don't we? We, we don't want to be talking about faith somewhere where we might be overheard, somewhere where people might hear us and think that we're a bit strange. But surely we can't be so prescriptive in our personal evangelism. We can't have requirements for, for here we share the truth. Of God's word. No, we need to be looking for opportunities to to speak of the gospel wherever we are. Whether that's in a coffee shop or whether that's in a conversation with a stranger on the bus home or the bus to work. God can work through us at any point and in any place. We can't wait till we're comfortable with witnessing. We have to be willing to leave our comfort zones and we have to be willing to take risks for Christ. So what characteristics should mark our evangelism? Well, we must be prayerful, we must be obedient, we must be willing uh, to instigate conversations and also we must be willing to, to leave our comfort zones. But what about... The next question, the second major question to consider this evening. What should be the focus of our evangelism? What should be the focus of our evangelism? And you'll be pleased to know that the first point was the bulk of the sermon tonight. So we'll look here at just two things about the focus of our Evangelism. Firstly, our evangelism, it must be grounded in Scripture. Grounded in Scripture. What do I mean by that? Well, verse 35 again, it says, Then Philip began, where did he begin? He began with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. So, Philip began with scripture he used scripture to explain the gospel now as we know we all know this i'm sure that the word of god it points to calvary it points to the saving work of jesus christ so so we need to know scripture in order to be truly effective in our evangelism we should be spending time memorizing key verses that will help us to explain the gospel key verses 
in the New Testament, key verses in the Old Testament that point forward to Calvary, that point out our sin and our need for a saviour. So folks, ask yourself this question. Can you explain the gospel from scripture? Can we do that? Can we really do that? Philip's evangelism, it was grounded in scripture and ours it must be too. And if we spend time learning and when we spend time studying the word of God, so many opportunities to witness, they're going to open up for us. See, as we know, the Bible is entirely relevant to those around us who don't have saving faith. So when they go through problems, when our families, when our friends, when our work colleagues, when they go, when they have worries, when they've got difficult situations to face, we can be there with what is most relevant, most sympathetic and most helpful to them. We can be there with what God has to say to them through his word. And folks, for a a miraculous example of the sheer relevance of scripture, we need no further than this incredible instance here. Now, this Ethiopian, right, he was reading Isaiah 53. Have we ever thought about that? Now, remember what this guy was. He's a eunuch. He is a castrated man. He was a eunuch searching for meaning in his life. And then look at the words that he reads in Isaiah, and consider, just consider his situation. Just listen to the words of verse 33. And remember, please, that this was a castrated man reading this. Verse 33, in his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. You see, there's talk there of of humiliation. And, And what incredible humiliation this man would have felt in becoming a eunuch. Who can speak of his descendants? This was a eunuch. This was a man without the joy of family, without the the blessing of children, without any future descendants. For his life was taken from the earth. Surely, surely it must have felt like that to this eunuch. Like his life was just simply not worth living. You see, society in those times, it was... So incredibly different to ours. We live, don't we, in a a very selfish, individualistic society. But in those times, family, lineage, it was everything. Without family, there was nothing but shame. This poor man, he is suffering and he is searching. No wonder 
he cries out, who is the prophet talking about? Himself or someone else? You see, friends, scripture it is amazing. It is relevant. And it hit home to this Ethiopian eunuch. And his life was forever changed. We need to know the Bible. And we need to have our evangelism grounded in Scripture. And I stick with me because that question there that the Ethiopian asks, who is the prophet talking about? That leads on to the second thing about the focus of our evangelism. Because surely above everything, above all, our evangelism, it must be focused on Jesus Christ. The unit in this account, he is led to faith as Philip explains that the verses in Isaiah are pointing forward to Jesus. Suddenly the the scales are removed from his eyes, the veil is lifted, and the Ethiopian sees that these words, they're not just describing someone else going through a difficult time. No, these words are describing the suffering servant. They point to Christ on the cross. See, these words describe the Son of God when he's silent before his accusers. That, that should be the focus of our evangelism. They describe the humiliation the Son of God went through as he was born and died a man. That should be the focus of our evangelism. The words describe how Jesus Christ was denied justice, that he was a sinless man, the only perfect man. That should be the focus of our Evangelism And these words from Isaiah, they describe how the suffering servant's life was taken from the earth. How Christ was crucified and he was killed in our place. He was crucified in our stead. That must be the focus of all our evangelism. Jesus Christ must be the core. He must, he must be talked about the focus of our evangelism it has to be the son of God nailed to a wooden cross so our evangelism it must be grounded in scripture and above all it must be focused on Jesus Christ so in closing and in just really I promise you just a few words What will happen because of our evangelism? What will happen because of our evangelism? And there's just two brief things to say here. Firstly, our evangelism will be accompanied by joy. It will be accompanied by joy. Now, if we look carefully, the two examples of witnessing were given in chapter 8. You know, these two portions that we've read. We see that there's a common denominator between the two of them. When Philip's Samaria, in that first passage we read earlier on, were told to eat that after the people had paid 
close attention to what Philip said. What does it say there? It says, there was great joy in that city. And then we move on in the chapter to the account that we've been looking at tonight. And we see that after, again, after having been spoken to by Philip and after having been baptized, the eunuch, verse 39, he went on his way and he went on his way rejoicing. There's been a turn around in the in the Eunice life there. He'd been in this horrible, desperate situation of uncertainty, but no more. You see, before, he had no lineage, he had no future, he had no family. But now, now because of the gospel, because of the good news of Christ, this man, this eunuch, he could rejoice. Rejoice over eternal life. Rejoice as an adopted son of God. Rejoice as part of the family of faith. What joy for this unit. What indescribable, incredible joy. And then secondly, and finally, and the last thing to say this Sunday, what will happen Because of our evangelism, people will be saved. People will be saved. You see, if God blesses our evangelism, what an impact our words will have. They will go forth with the power of the Holy Spirit. In verse 38, we're told the amazing truth that both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. The eunuch, he experiences new birth. He is saved. He has new life in Jesus Christ. You see, friends, we must believe that lives will be changed if we talk of the gospel. And really... Who's to say how far our words will travel? You see, this Ethiopian, he's an influential man. He's an important official in his country. And he was going back there. He was going back to Ethiopia, a changed man. And people, they were bound to notice. He would talk of Christ. The word, the word of God was to spread here to the continent of Africa for the very first time time. Philip opened his mouth and the gospel reached a different continent. But as we sit here tonight, perhaps, and only perhaps, we're guilty of not prioritizing our witness. Perhaps we think our days of evangelism are behind us. We've, we've mentioned or we've hinted at our faith in the past, but people, they kind of, they haven't really taken us on, so we've just left it there. We've tried with our families, we've tried with our friends ages and, and ages ago, but we haven't talked about faith with them in such a long, long time. Well, if that's the case, we need 
we need to look again to the Bible. It says in verse 40, Philip, Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and travelled about preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. Philip, he didn't give up. He didn't give up witnessing about Christ. He preached the gospel in, in all the cities. He knew the importance of speaking about our Lord, of speaking about Jesus. So he continued and continued to do it. He didn't give up. He didn't take his foot off the gas. He wasn't a flame. A flame that went out. And so we we end tonight and we do so with just a really simple and straightforward question. Are there any in this room just now who do not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour? If so, can you see tonight? Can you see Christ? Can you see that Christ died for all who would believe? He suffered in place of his people so that we might experience eternal, everlasting salvation. So is it perhaps the case that God is calling you just now? Is this room, is this this place here, is this your desert road? If so, respond to God's call. Repent and believe. And you, just like this Ethiopian eunuch here, you will leave this place tonight. Rejoicing. Rejoicing in a glorious, a loving, and a merciful God. A God worth telling others about. Amen. Let's pray.